Um, I don't have a, a big talk. I took some notes today. I made some notes about what I wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> my notes were really fancy. They said things like, I got plumbers. <laughs> I got Clue. Clue is the, the name of the organization I'm on the board of, which had its, uh, its fundraising uh, thing tonight. I've got this class I started this week, which I was doing some of the the, question, the, the, the teaching today. I got this other thing I'm doing. I'm editing um, a, a publication. It's the last, it's the final galleon of, of archaeology. It's like ancient, literally ancient history. I have to finish editing this this one thing and so it can get published. Um, you may, you may have heard me talk about it. It was excavations from the 70s. Uh, wrote the article 20 years ago, and now it's getting published. That's kind of... <laughs> so, you know, slow and sure, I guess. Um, and then I was thinking about Tulsa and Greenwood. So there's this, this whole mishmash of things. And um, what I was also seeing was I, I started this this training this week. Uh, it's called, I can never remember the, the first, Daring, Daring Compassion Movement Chaplaincy. And what it means, it, it's a training in being a chaplain for movements like social justice, social action movements. And I have been trained in chaplaincy. I was trained many years ago. Um, with Gil Franzdahl through uh, the Sati Center in Northern California. And I was a volunteer chaplain at a, a hospital. And um, But this is different. This is movement chaplains are um, uh, people who offer emotional and spiritual accompaniment to support activists, organizers, and community leaders engaged in social action, which is not new. I think the name of it is new, but it's been around for a long time. Um, you had a lot of people in the Southern Freedom Movement, um, uh, lots of stuff. And so I'm always struck by the support of, and by, by support I mean those things that are not necessarily Buddhist teachings, but that absolutely complement Buddhism, are walking the same path as Buddhism, that pretty much, um, yeah, moving in the same direction, working for the same things. I'm always struck by that because, you know, we, we live in a world of silos, and we live in a world of labels, and we live in a world of, oh, you're that, and I'm this, and, and never the twain shall meet. I mean, I, I see that even inside of Buddhism, there's Mahayana, there's Theravada, there's Vajrayana, there's and never the twain shall meet. And um, I took a class earlier this year on um, Buddhism through its scriptures, which kind of opens the door to see this commonality of all the teachings of the core teaching, but the different expressions of it. And so in seeing these other things um, like this movement chaplaincy, there's this core of um, ending suffering where we see it. And there's a huge nonviolent component into it. So moving through the world with uh, in, a, in, a, in a nonviolent way, 
um, which which aligns for me perfectly with the idea of the first precept and not causing harm. And uh, so this alignment of these teachings, which kind of breaks down those silos, breaks down those differences. There's different expressions of these things. Um, I was, um, in fact, on this uh, this this the um, this fundraiser, the Giants of Justice, uh, for the organization I'm with. the The host was a, a Muslim woman, and she talked about how the Quran talks about social justice is rooted in spirituality and it's part of of their mandate as part of their religion and that's not what you hear a lot of the times you know but to hear someone who is engaged in this and to say you know what here's this commonality where social justice is a part of spirituality and i find that's true in in buddhist teaching and one of the things um uh one of the things I did today in part of this class was watching a little video. It was actually an interview with the Reverend James Lawson, who I've spoken about many times. He taught um, nonviolence to Martin Luther King and John Lewis. I mean, he was back in the day. He was in in um, Tennessee, um, and he was on the front lines of the of the civil rights movement. And now he's here in L.A. and he helped found. He's one of the co-founders of this organization I'm on the board of. But they had a, a, a little clip and he was talking about nonviolence and the history of nonviolence. And he talked about the power that nonviolence is. It's not this passive type of thing. It's this really powerful place. It's this capacity um, to to accomplish change. There's he said power is the capacity to accomplish purpose. So you have a uh this capacity to accomplish your purpose and it's um uh it's a power of resistance and i have found that uh the teachings of specifically of the eightfold path and i've said this before also provide this ground of power that if you are really grounded in these teachings of belief in in you know the 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 we're all the same there's no we're not siloed those are fabrications that people have made up for particular conveniences throughout history that to recognize that that's just a a, um, a convenience for whatever reason so to dis dis uh, disable those differences to you know eliminate them as far as they get in the way I mean they're helpful so that we can differentiate this is you know I live here and you live there and we do this and we do that that's you know the necessary to have those distinctions but the mean the the meaning that people give to that especially when we um, you know use it to uh, harm others uh, the these teachings um, give us a place to we recognize that there are those distinct distinctions that separate us are false and we truly believe that and we can land on that there's this place of power that you have you have this this place of integrity this not necessarily you know self-righteousness 
that can creep in. But again, that's a story. It's to recognize that people are, you know, people who are causing harm can be caught in the, the defilements, caught in delusion or greed or hatred because of their, their conditioning. And to, to just find that power to resist that without continuing this, this cycle of harm and, and kicking the can down the road. Um, there was a, there was one of the, one of the honorees, what we do at this, this um, Giants of Justice each year, and it's called Giants of Justice because we honor Giants of Justice. We honor the, the, um, uh, the UC, head of Kent Wong, who's the head of the UCLA Labor Center. And um, I had to go talk to the plumber in the middle of this. So I missed some of it. But I came back in time to hear. Um, uh, and each of the each of the honorees got to talk for a little bit. And this one woman, her name is Harriet Ellis, and she's 95 years old. And she uh, was talking, she spoke for a little bit, and she talked about how, you know, when she was growing up in the Depression, her dad always, you know, if somebody came to the door, they put some more water in the soup so that there was enough to go around so that they could share. She grew up in this um, this this world of uh, being in connection and accompanying others on their journey and their path offering this sustenance, whether it's watery soup or an ear. Um, and she was talking, she told this one story about recently she was going to the uh, Long Beach City Council meeting. Um, I think she was going to talk about some bill for the hospitality workers, the hotel workers down there. And she said it took her, you know, some extra time to get down the stairs because her bones are old and creaky. She's 95. Um and then she got to the line and there were like 22 people in front of her on the line to speak. And each person had a three minute allotment. And so she had her three minutes of speech all prepared. And she said, you know, these people started getting draggy. So, you know, got to the person in front of her, number 22. And then the mayor said, OK, you know what? This is this is going on a little long. So from now on, everyone only has two minutes. And she said, I looked at my precious words and I said, which ones will I cut? And then it came came up to her and um, she said, I'm Harriet Ellis and I'm 95 years old. And the mayor said, excuse me, what? And she said, yes. He said, you're 95 years old. And she goes, yeah, I'm 95 years old. And he said, you can have three minutes. And she said. So what I'm here to say is, use your minute. It's like, use your minute. It was really inspiring. I don't know if the way I'm sharing it is coming across, but just this, like, she got an extra minute. And it's like, make that minute count. You know, and, and for me, it, 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 it's inspirational in the way because um, we think we have to have so much. And you have someone who's been doing this type of work um, for maybe 80 years, let's say, 75 years, you know, maybe she didn't start till she was 20. Um, and she's just like, she uses the minute that she has. We do what we have. We do what we, what we can with what we have. There doesn't have to be a grand scenario about anything. You know, and I talk about this all the time. It's a generational, it's generational. So, um, 
I, I'm always so inspired when I hear these people who we honor each year talk. Um, you know, um, there was somebody else that he said something inspirational, but I can't remember, so I don't want to destroy his words. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I am inspired by these teachings. I am deeply inspired by these teachings and the power they can bestow on us as we do this type of work. And it doesn't even have to be social action. It's actually just uh, being whole in the world we live in. It's being whole in how we live our lives. Recognizing when we run up against walls, perhaps, when we run into walls, and when we suffer, when we get caught in those those old ideas that keep whirling and whirling and whirling around. How do we move beyond that? How do we um, pinpoint that suffering? Because that stuff is suffering. When we're caught in that whirling mind of shoulds and coulds and this I can't and won't and blah, 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 it's painful. It's incredibly painful. And that's the invitation. That's where you start. Start where you are. Start where it hurts. Turn towards that. And that, that's, um, that's kind of the, the uh, offering of the meditation instructions this evening was to be clear, cultivate that clarity, that clear seeing. Is it painful? Is your mind upside down and inside out and tied into knots? Recognize it. Don't say it shouldn't be tied into knots. That is some that's some juicy place for you to look at and go, where did these knots come from? What's what what's inside this? What's underneath it? What's behind it? Allow yourself to open to it. And the other pieces with the kindness, the gentleness, the compassion. Because this is, you know, we are if we're caught in suffering. Just, just, you know, beating ourselves up over it just makes it worse, doubles down on it. And instead, it's just like, man, this is painful. How can I find this place of, 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 of um, this ground, this foundation with which to turn towards this, this painful stuff that I'm working with? Maybe painful stuff in the world I'm, I'm working with, painful stuff in my own heart that I'm working with, in my gut that I'm working with. So that's the invitation of these teachings, you know, is to, to keep moving into that clarity, finding that, that ground, and then use your minute. Use your minute for yourself. Use your minute wherever you can use it. Sometimes you don't even get a minute. Sometimes it's just a half a breath. Be present. Be fully present for whatever it is you are with. Kindly, clearly. So I think those are just my ramblings. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. What has this practice done for you? How can you see it working in your life? And what, what do you still need? Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. 
These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.